passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind a Raw. I am John Pollock. And there's not going to be a whole lot to rewind from Raw tonight, but we will do said task. How are you, Way? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay, John. Well, that's good to hear. You? Uh, I'm doing all right, all things considered. This has been a very long day. I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty wiped at the moment. There's uh, just a lot going on, obviously. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll try to. Try to get through as much as we can. Well, it was a quiet day, so I don't, I don't know how much time we really have to spend on uh, any particulars, but uh, we'll see here what the uh, the news has to offer us. Uh, is there anything uh, you want to get out of the way off the top here before we go into news? I think the news is probably what's on everybody's mind. We should dive into that, I think, yeah. immediately. So, well, today was kind of decision day for... You know, the, uh, I guess the key companies that we've been looking towards, uh, both UFC and WWE, uh, making decisions about their forthcoming events. WWE announced on Monday afternoon that WrestleMania is moving. They put out the statement, in coordination with local partners and government officials, WrestleMania and all related events in Tampa Bay will not take place. However, WrestleMania will still stream live on Sunday, April the 5th, 7 p.m. Eastern on WWE Network and be available on pay-per-view. Only essential personnel will be on the closed set at WWE's training facility in Orlando, Florida to produce WrestleMania. So this is a devastating announcement for many, many companies that were set to run that weekend. Um, And it's kind of the WWE. We don't... uh, necessarily know like if they have any sort of uh backup plans for takeover for the hall of fame if there will be kind of a truncated version of any of those shows uh that will be happening at the performance center or 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 what have you but wrestlemania the big one they will be having on a, a closed set in front of no one so tonight's raw that will be wrestlemania on april the 5th that they are obviously adamant about running this card on that day yeah, yeah, absolutely devastating. But you know, like uh, I would say, expected. Uh, well, I, I think I, 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 I would say, like even doing this at, at this point is um, more than maybe 
should be done at this point. Like, obviously, you are not going to be running this stadium with fans. Uh, They were not going to be running an empty stadium, I guess. And this is this. I mean, their available options have to have been very, very few. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I'm surprised in that they decided to move it. Uh, I felt like, you know, a cancellation or a postponement was more likely, in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. um, this this was what they chose. And I think, you know, it'll be perhaps analyzed from this point forward why they decided to do this rather than those other options. And I guess we don't necessarily know all the details. We don't know what's involved necessarily with their uh, requirements for if there's some sort of insurance play here, um, what what their game plan is uh, for for the footage that they're shooting, perhaps they want to just at this point farm content, shoot content that not only they could use for the network, but also for these shows that they have to broadcast for USA and Fox in the coming weeks. I don't know, but um, it's it's very peculiar. And I, I would have to imagine, you know, with, with so many things being considered, I don't think it's just an issue of them being stubborn, you know, and Vince, Vince saying the show must go on because obviously they're losing out on a huge gate. And merchandising and a whole lot of other things as a result of this. So, oh yeah, they're taking like a, an enormous, um, an enormous, enormous day for them, and really by extension, an entire week uh, in Tampa, and all of the, all of that economic impact that they they put forward every year when they come out of what it's brought to a city. I mean, to me, this would be one of those events that when this country is ready to be in recovery mode is the kind of event you would want to stage and, and bring to uh, Tampa, for instance. And I mean, they, they have their reasons obviously um, for, for continuing to do this, but they do so in the face of everybody else that are not, that are, are not going to do this. And I think you look at it from the, the standpoint as well about, okay, what, what are the what is the risk that we are putting these performers uh in this situation like and and I did reach out to uh uh our the man who has just been all over the place Dr. Alex Patel because I I would want to know this answer about kind of is this risk is this high risk is this moderate is it low and uh he conveyed to me um that uh it's it's less risky for sure, and he says, I believe they are screening for symptoms and fever, which is only present 48% of the time initially, uh, mm. thus showing symptoms. However, we have some merging uh, data. We may be underestimating the risk of asymptomatic spread. We know it's not the bulk of spread, but it's not zero and could be higher than we thought. So Alex goes on to say that he thinks it's low to medium risk right now in terms of the wrestlers uh, performing in these environments, not factoring in the travel risk, which he would think kind of raises it to you would classify it as medium risk when you're putting all that in there. So it's not nothing. Maybe we shouldn't be just um, completely alarmed. But again, like look at all these other outlets that are not going forward with this that you would say uh, contact is much, much less when you're talking about uh, golf or NASCAR or countless other things. And we're hearing the CDC recommend that, you know, less less than 50 people uh, that I I can't imagine even like WrestleMania that you're not going to you're going to have to exceed 50 people. I mean, uh, President Trump is stating, you know, no more than 10 people is what 
the number he threw out on Monday. So, I mean, I, I do look beyond just kind of they are pushing forward to this. And, I mean, it, is this the wisest idea? So I, I have my reservations. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of them continuing these shows. I'm not a big fan of AEW doing these shows. I mean, it, it goes, I, I do feel, for a lot of these companies where, like, on the independents where – these people are not getting paid right now. Like that's it's devastating. And as they're doing these uh like empty venue shows, I mean it's you know, some people they're they're making that choice because they're they're trying to make some form of a living right now because they are completely out of work and don't know when they'll be able to make that money. So it's it's a very difficult time. There's no uh, easy um conclusion to to come to here or kind of make any kind of uh definitive declaration on anything yeah yeah uh who knows i think you know in four weeks time what this thing is going to look like and let's also remember you know the moment any single performer or crew member might test positive for this or they might know somebody or might be living with or might be might, might have gotten into an uber with somebody who tested positive everything i would say would be in jeopardy by that and point. that risk as well um if you're doing the, like these shows weekly again, like you bring that up way, like every time you're sending people home and then getting back on the road to come back to the performance center, the risk to me is just you're almost asking for that problem because yeah, one person gets uh, gets the virus, WrestleMania is done because then it's it's everyone has to be isolated that at that point that has come into contact with them. It's um. It just seems like this is a very risky proposition, and I don't know what the ultimate gain is for pressing forward, and we must do this show on this date, on April 5th, as opposed to uh, taking a pause. And it just seems, you know, Vince McMahon and Dana White have been very adamant about this, and and let, let's include, like, AEW. They have shown, you know, no sign of they're going about things the same way, just relocating shows and are planning. Like as of now, we're expecting that this is the kind of format we're going to see on Wednesday night for dynamite. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever you have to say about WWE forging ahead, absolutely the same criticism can be placed to AEW. Um, we shall see the type of show that they put on, but absolutely, you know, what we saw on raw tonight was certainly mm, felt like, uh, a bit of the most bare bones type of raw they could have created. Um, but still with like, I would say a, a good number of their roster uh, being, being there, making the, making the trip. Yeah. I mean, in, in some, I mean, you could certainly question about needing to be there on this show versus alternative methods you could have come up with. But I mean, tonight's show was what I would say for, in-ring segments, one match, and the Royal Rumble. Like, that was pretty much what we got tonight. And I can't necessarily blame the formatting decision because I, I just don't know how much you could have done in that empty performance center before you really start to – it just starts to lose you. Three hours. Like any, any Three hours is a giant ask, but what is WrestleMania going to be? I mean, maybe we're not going to get the – behemoth of a six plus hour show but multiple hours uh, of wrestling in that in that environment with no reactions i think it's going to be a very hard show to watch it'll be different you know and again i i feel like there's still novelty attached to things like this 
um, that'll definitely start to wear off as the weeks progress. But, you know, the idea of an empty arena WrestleMania is something that I I can't help but be really curious to see it, it, how different that might be. Could be a complete disaster, in which case I'd I'd be curious to see as well. But, you know, I feel like we're certainly going through a period that, you know, we'll be talking about for years to come. And if this WrestleMania goes through, it'll be a WrestleMania that'll certainly be discussed um, for, for many, many, many years to come. Yeah. And then it, you know, this is their immediate goal is to run this show April 5th that I even today, I I cannot feel 100% that this ha- still happens on April 5th. Do you? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I feel like everything is still in jeopardy. I mean, the UFC tried to relocate their shows, what, like two, three times? I mean, uh, and Dana White was, I mean, he was just adamant, if you have seen his interviews. Like, it had to have been a very difficult, uh, we'll get to the email he sent out to the UFC staff, but you can tell, like, that was one, he was so adamant about running these shows, including Saturdays, that it had to take an enormous amount of pressure for him to finally just uh, throw throw in the white, just wave the flag and say, we can't do this. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he did. Yeah. And, and that's all, you know, we, we, we don't know what further, I think, um, you know, uh, government policies and uh, uh, laws might be passed to prevent even a gathering like they're planning for WrestleMania uh, as small or as, you know, intimate as it may be. So anything can change. I mean, every in the next 24 hours, really. every 24 hours for the last three days has just been like, it's, it's almost like, okay, that was, uh, that might as well have been a month ago. Like, that's how much everything is progressing that I, I don't know what our world is going to be like a week from now. I have no yeah. idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the one positive I will say that like coming off of this decision today is that it finally gives direction to some of the fans who might have still been holding out hope that they might have been making the trip. Certainly, you know, the people that were uh, uh, holding on uh, onto like the hope that the indie shows were going to go on the indie promoters themselves. Now they have, now they know for a fact that WrestleMania is not going to take place in this arena. And these fans are going to have zero reason to actually be there. And we can all move forward with our cancellations, with our, uh, you know, uh, any, any sort of like, you know, further plans if we haven't already. Yeah, um, you know, all the slew of um, announcements are now coming down. The uh, WrestleCon has canceled, Re- Wrestle Expo. Uh, the Collective has announced they're postponing their events and uh, just put out a statement that the Collective will happen. And they're really urging fans that have bought tickets to keep their tickets, that they're going to deliver these shows when they can. So, you know, certainly you have to look at, you know, this this has the effect for some of these conventions, uh, convention promoters, wrestling show promoters like this. Could, this could ruin people financially that they are um, going to try very hard to uh, eventually produce something that fans will maybe not be seeking refunds. Uh, it's it's going to be devastating and it's going to be felt, I think, for months, years to come. I imagine there will be some promoters that this might be it for them in terms of the, uh, promoting independent wrestling and whenever the next WrestleMania weekend proper happens again, if they do something later this year, if they wait till next year in California, what is WrestleMania week going to look like? How many shows will there be versus who this will wipe out that never want to take this risk again? And fans that may be leery of booking. I mean, this is completely out of anyone's control, 
but is this going to uh, t- turn off people that they're going to be scared from this? Are they going to be feeling the effects that th- it's going to be a long time before WrestleMania week resembles what we have seen it grow into over the last six, seven years? Certainly that's absolutely possible. I mean, who, again, who knows what the world is going to look like six months from now or whatever they might decide to do another one of these big shows or a year from now when they decide to do another WrestleMania. Um, it, it could have the opposite effect where, uh, you know, all this pent up, uh, you know, frustration of, of not being able to go to these events, the can- the disappointment of the cancellation will force a lot of people to want to get back to it immediately. If people weren't deciding on going to this one, well, I mean, next year it's in L.A., uh, you know, it, it, I'm sure WWE or whoever, the world will be pr- promoting these types of gatherings as major celebrations, like we're claiming back our society from this terrible thing that hopefully by that point we'll we'll have at least, you know, conquered to an extent i don't even know if it's even possible but whatever like that that will have at least you know come out of my my that's my hope but um it can have the opposite effect where you might see a boom yeah it's just a, it's just guesswork at this point of what um this industry and what this um what our world will be like once we are into recovery we're not we're not looking at recovery this early we're in oh, the midst God, no. of we're in the depths of this at, at the moment. Yeah. So um, it's just, it's, it's devastating. And each day it just seems to get more and more bleak about what your options are. I mean, I, w- what is your, what was today like for you? Did you go out? Were you restricting yourself from uh, more things than the past two or three days? I mean, just give me a sense of kind of what your day was like. Well, I mean, this weekend, I think, you know, like many people, I've, I've, I've definitely thought about like what sort of a uh, emergency food stock I might have. And so uh, earlier today, I went out, uh, my, my fiance actually works in a hospital. So um, I've started to drive her to work rather than, you know, having her take the uh, transit uh, every day. So I mean, her schedule is pretty much my schedule now. And, you know, it allowed me to get up a bit early. And that way I made it to the supermarkets as they were opening. So there weren't too many people around. Um, and I just kind of bought like a bunch of non-perishables, stocked them in my fridge. And that was, you know, and then I, I picked her up after from work, but that was pretty much the extent of like my travels beyond like picking her up and dropping her off. I don't really plan on going out too much at all. If, if I can't help it, you know? Yeah. I have, uh, yeah, I had to drive to my uh, parents today as I'm, uh, I'm working, but working, uh, from there, uh, with Max and just driving, um, I went to I went to the drive-through to get a coffee, and I already did this like a few days ago, where I had kind of this paranoia about just going through the drive-through and people like touching the lid. You know what I mean? It's like, am I being too paranoid right now? I'm kind of a I'm 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 comfortable being paranoid. I'm fine uh, overreacting at this point. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying to talk myself out of this, but. It, it's it's where I think, you know, like hearing the, the facts and hearing, you know, opinions from experts, I think really comes in in, 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 in handy because you can drive yourself crazy when you, you can get like definitely. That. And, and it, it, that in itself is unhealthy. Stress is really what, you know, one of the well, uh, I think one of the, the things that can actually get you sick. So it, you definitely people can definitely be going overboard. But, you know, in some cases, people aren't are way too lax about what's going on right now. Yeah, it's uh there's there's definitely the the segment that it's everything's overblown and this is ridiculous and um 
I don't know. I just, I, I don't know how you come to that conclusion right now. And I'm kind of of the mindset that six months from now, I would rather look back and say, wow, I, I really overreacted to that versus I didn't do enough. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, collectively, a lot of people are figuring that out right now. I mean, all over, I think the internet lately has been all these like personal accounts from people that are currently in Italy talking about what they would have done 10 days ago if they knew how serious this was going to get. And, you know, whether or not you consider it a uh, fortunate, you know, but the fact that we can have that foresight from people that have been through this in other parts of the world before it gets to, to us here in North America, everybody should be taking the, the, that type of advice and those types of types of accounts very seriously. Uh, so getting back here to the news, we can switch over to the UFC and kind of their handling of everything. So uh, Dana White uh, coming out of this weekend, he was stating, you know, as this London card was falling apart on Saturday, they had to find a new location and piece together a card, including a new main event, because they didn't believe Leon Edwards would be able to uh, fight on the card. Uh, Dana White issued a email to his staff and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but uh, I'm just going to read a portion of this uh, for you, Way, As you heard me say, I've been in the fight game for 20 years, and this is what we do. We find a way to keep our events going no matter what. If fighters miss weight, if fighters get hurt, or if states won't regulate us, we figure out a way. But this is different. The whole world is being affected right now, and nothing is more important than the health and safety of you and your families. That's why we're closing all UFC offices effective immediately, including headquarters in Vegas, through at least March 31st and asking all employees to work from home. The PI will also be closed to all personnel, including athletes during this time. The next three events, London, Columbus, and Portland, will be postponed. UFC 249 is still scheduled as planned, but the location may change. We'll keep you posted. And then this, the most Dana White paragraph you have ever heard. I tell you guys all the time, you are, in capital letters, best to ever do it. It feels shitty now, but we will get through this and we'll be tougher, stronger, and more badass than before. Like oh, there, God. there is the guy you want Dude, at the wheel I to just, just steer you through a crisis. You know, I could, I could smell the monster energy drink coming off of that email. You will be, we will be Jesus. more badass than before. <laughs> I mean, listen, if, if anybody's going to like have a, uh, an internal email that ends like that, it would of course be somebody who runs the UFC and Dana White. But um, I mean, no, anyone that saw this email, like me, no, th there is no one writing these for Dana. He is uh, <laughs> at most he is dictating this to someone who is writing down his words verbatim, um, as he is probably just like standing on his couch screaming with his face red. Um, so, uh, so, so what was it? So, what do you think was it that finally made him um, throw in the towel? Well, he went on Sports Center tonight and he said that they had a location for Saturday. They were going to run the uh an arena in Shawnee, Oklahoma, which is uh, on an Indian reservation, so it would be outside of regulation. Um and they had he according to Dana White, they had a card, they had a location in Oklahoma, but then today Donald Trump did his speech and the combination, uh, like stating that, you know, 10 people or less is what they're recommending. That was it. And it's over. All right. Yeah. And as well as uh, the upcoming shows, too, because uh, initially the March 28th and April 11th shows were going to take place at the Apex in Las Vegas. But that unlike WWE, 
MMA, you still have to be regulated within the state. And Nevada has said that they will, they are not, they're revoking all licensing for all combat sports events through uh, March 25th. And Nevada would meet again, and that would be three days out from this show. And I guess it just became apparent, like this, this is not going to happen. And he is clinging though to UFC 249, April 18th with a, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson happening. He said it might happen outside the states. And what what could you possibly see? What what suggest like what what solutions could could what what, what would that entail? Uh, I I don't know because what like I look at it like domestically in the U.S. What what state wants to bring in any potential? issues at the moment apparently oklahoma was willing to do this mm-hmm. um could so it that's, happen that's one option could could they go to uh like where where would be considered safe in the world i suppose for them to wait like wait where will they be able to fly out of the country a month from now yeah i don't know i'm not sure what well i mean i don't man i i feel like if you're dana white you might be able to find a way you know but should you is another question. And it's it's very tough on these fighters because, oh, yeah. you know, again, in WWE, I mean, worst case where WWE were to shut down, these wrestlers are still being paid. That's not the case in UFC where all these fighters that were set to fight on Saturday, it's not like they haven't just financed fight camps for Saturday and now they're not fighting on on Saturday. And I guess it will remain to be seen if any of them are compensated something. Bellator paid everyone on Friday. The fighters, the timekeepers, the commission members, the referees. They paid everybody and made that call the day of to cancel the show. And I believe Scott Coker will go down as a a hero to those fighters who um, were there. They were ready to fight and they ended up getting paid. Like they, you can see the praise online for Scott Coker and how that was handled. Um, it would just feel awful if these fighters on Saturday get nothing as a result of all this. And on top of that, we always forget this, that, you know, they've, they've spent money on a camp. Like that is mm-hmm. something to take into account as well. Uh, I mean, if you're a Tyron Woodley or a Leon Edwards, you're preparing for a five round fight, a main event fight. And now you have no fight on Saturday. It's um, it's it's a very difficult industry to make a living in in the best of times, and this is the worst of times. Yeah, I hope that type of goodwill, you know, isn't quickly forgotten after all this stuff, you know, takes place. So, uh, it, it's kind of like the time to see, you know, like what how how people truly are able to care for their staff. AEW, uh, they rescheduled another show April 15th in Boston, is going to be rescheduled for uh, later on this year on August 5th. They'll go back there to Boston. But uh, for these shows upcoming, they're just stating they are being relocated and everyone's expecting that they'll be at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. But um, they're not specifically. So you like an empty arena? Empty arena. Yeah. Closed set. That they would be, again, essential personnel only. Uh, so the same setup as WWE has. And that looks to be what we're getting on Wednesday. And um, it was so bizarre watching that Road to show tonight where they're like they're all – granted, all these promos were, were shot. But they're going ahead with this like blood and guts match, which to me is the last kind of match I want to see right now. 
I agree. I agree. Um, that type of imagery is just not something that I, I, I see myself having an appetite for. It, it'll turn a lot of people off, I, th- I think. I think I think going ahead with these shows is going to bother a lot of people. With like I, you'll have I, you'll have different people with different opinions. You know, a lot of people I think at this point are welcoming any sort of um, fresh programming on TV. That they, they definitely are. Like I, I think that there certainly is a hunger for uh, entertainment at, at the moment. I'm I'm not doubting that, and I don't discount that either. That that is playing a, a factor in all of this, as well as the fact that these companies. I think that they're very much coveted by their their networks are starving for content right now tsn here in canada they are spending st patrick's day they are just running conor mcgregor fights tomorrow i mean Hmm. uh, like wrestling and mma are fueling like espn just ran uh, mcgregor and cerrone twice on saturday it's like they are going to be leaning on (laughs) this content as well it would not surprise me if you see wrestlemania popping up on fox or on usa that they're going to uh delve into this and well, you could they, also they happen to be the most stubborn um industries who would have thought well it's um they are they, they are closely aligned when it comes to uh philosophy uh during the, this time um so that's the latest on AEW uh, in today's update i have put together which was just non-stop today of one event after another announcing a, a postponement they are putting stuff off the nwa is suspending their operations until june um, that tells you how uh, serious they're taking this. Like they're not expecting to be back till June. So the Crockett Cup show obviously is off. Impact has canceled their shows that are coming up at the end of March, but are still like I would assume their WrestleMania show is off as of today. They were still assessing things, but that was before the WrestleMania announcement. Um, so the next card for them to look at is the Rebellion show, which is the same night that the Crockett Cup was going to be. Um, it just the list goes on and on. If you want to see the uh, the full list, uh, NXT will be at the Performance Center on Wednesday as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we shall see how all that plays out. But um, I, I don't think we can criticize. I mean, I I actually commend a lot of people for just canceling straight up because I imagine financially for them it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's just um, it's just so so much a. Uh, instability at the moment regarding all of this so this is going to be something where the uh the long lasting effects are going to be just that anything else you want to uh get into anything else from uh from today or that was on your mind before we get on to raw um not so much i think i think we could probably get to the review so monday night at the performance center we got a very unique edition of raw it started off with Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, and Jerry Lawler in the middle of the empty performance center in the ring, teeing up the show, and then out came Edge, who, because of travel issues, drove 17 hours to get to the performance center. And I thought this was a nine-hour drive. 17 it, hours. Well, that's that's how long a drive is from North Carolina to Florida, and you... You would actually think – I don't know what his travel issues were, uh, but I will say today for me, uh, coming from uh, just north of the city, I came home in what would have been just the dead of rush hour traffic, just uh, what would have taken me 60 minutes alone just on the highway. On the, the highway today, I did not touch my brakes until I got off the highway. I just sailed and was home 
Same. in 40 minutes. Same. And and that makes me really happy. You know, I've seen photos of like the subway during rush hour and it's like it feels like it, it would be, you know, like laid on like it would it would basically it was basically pretty empty. And I'm really happy to see that because it means people are sticking to um uh social distancing, which and working from home, which, you know, is is what we need. There's still not enough of people that are working at home. Like I know way too many people that are still having to go to work. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know. Um, I know, yeah, anyway. Edge comes out. He throws to the recap of the feud with Randy Orton and talks about their history going back to 1999, the meeting with Randy for the first time with his dad at the house show. All their moments together, feuding together, rated RKO, and that they were both pushed by Mick Foley to live up to the best of their capabilities and said one lesson that Randy didn't learn from Mick that Edge did is having grit. And he said that they are a lot alike, but one difference is that Orton is an entitled brat. Randy might be the best to ever do it, but it was handed to him, and he's jealous of Edge, who worked for everything and got it. He said, I was raised by a single parent who broke her back to make sure my dreams came true. I came back after nine years, tossed you out of the rumble, and you're jealous because you can't do what I do. And Beth Phoenix, my wife, was here two weeks ago to announce my retirement because she didn't want me to have to retire a second time, but you didn't let her finish. And Randy, you talked about me pulling you out of holes. Well, you have, you ended up pulling me out of a hole that you dug and prevented me from making a bad decision, retiring. And if you've got the guts, Edge, Orton, last man standing match at WrestleMania. And he said that this story will be written, and it's not a tragedy, but a redemptive one, and Orton will not stand back up. Now, I don't know if there's too many promos that would justify 17 hours, but (laughs) this... Certainly, this is the kind of promo you want to show someone when you say you drove 17 hours to go cut versus, like, I would hate if Steve Austin had driven 17 hours for that last segment tonight. But this oh, one, man. I mean, yeah. at least at least this was a hell of a promo. And I will say this. Uh, I said that the interview segment worked well on SmackDown in this environment. I will go so far as to say I think the interviews overall are way better. And and maybe that is um, uh, uh, some more liberty that... Some are being given, and you would assume Edge would be one of those guys that's uh, very hands-on with his material. But regardless, I thought the setting that setting was hardly a detriment for for this. In fact, I, I thought it it worked really well. I agree with you about this one, you know. But as far as you know, whether or not they all work, no, cer- th- certainly th- th- the Austin. We will we will get to that tonight. Yes, yeah. Uh, but this was the type of promo that I I mean needed to be intimate. And as soon as Edge spoke, he was immediately intimately engaging. He was just one man talking directly through a camera to his opponent, Randy Orton. And it this was one that didn't matter if there was nobody in attendance because I think Edge was able to deliver his words with so much intensity that um, it, like you said, helped. It made it less distracting not having people react to every single line that he said with an ooh and ah. Like this felt like a personal message he was sending through his cell phone to this guy that he really fucking hates. And I really enjoyed it. I, I really liked the content of the promo. Edge was directly answering a lot of Randy's kind of delusional heel reasoning here. Um, and, you know, the lines about, like, he saying he was about to retire, but is now coming back to exact revenge. I think 
just you know adds adds further layers and just kind of does exactly what a promo is supposed to do which is just uh build the heat and really kind of like wraps the whole story into like a nice little bundle that you can just like look at and say wow okay i'm ready to see that match i thought it was great yeah it was a great promo um and he he healed in a week he was about to retire and then realized (laughs) i'm fine and he came back last week i guess the idea is that he's still near retirement maybe he's like still hurt um, and like one little slip, one more RKO, and he could be done for good. But he's willing to take that risk because he's so angry. Becky Lynch pulls up in a semi truck that is all decked out with the man, last kicker. I mean, it takes some real confidence to drive this thing around, wouldn't you? If this was you, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, with your your face just slapped onto the the whole side of this truck, I can probably safely say that that's not an experience I'll I'll ever go through in my life. Uh, a semi truck with my face on it, but she did a great job here. It looked like I'm sure it was I, fun. By the end of this, I wanted to see uh, I wanted to see her and Shane on top of a uh, Cobo Hall with a monster truck match. I mean, that kind of counts as social distancing, right? You're not touching each other. That's what we should be investing in for WrestleMania, more monster truck matches. That would be certainly um, a a PSA on behalf of the company. Then we went to the Royal Rumble. Let me just say, I thought this was a really good idea, okay? I did too. I I did too. It's directly related to your key programs and Edge and Orton and and Lesnar, Gold, uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, I, 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 it's also a very popular entertaining match type that I think casuals who might be flipping through might be interested in stopping to watch. The question is if it has replay value for somebody who's already seen it. And, and for me, that was not the case. I, I've already seen this. I didn't really care to see it. In, in fact, what I did watch instead, I went on the network and I watched an FCW documentary, which, uh, was pretty much as long as this rumble replay, but a great, great documentary, by the way, really enjoyed it. Um, it was, yeah, the FCW one was very good. You know what? It's. Like, honestly, the, the ratings right now mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, like it means nothing to the networks. It's getting a like, show out there means something. Yeah. You know, any show at all. Like, you're not like, what is the, sta- the state of the advertising community right now? It's like it's it, it just it's so irrelevant right now. What what this show does, like if it, if it does, if, if this number tanks tomorrow, if it does a huge number, I mean, it just. I, I, to me, it's, you can't put really any, any stock into any of this. And I thought this was really smart. Like, I did not want to watch three hours inside the Performance Center. So oh, yeah. I would say if I was putting this show together, I would have completely voted if people were throwing out the idea of, can we put in a 90-minute version of the Rumble to eat up half the show? Yes. The answer would be yes. I would not be upset if they went on to continue to do things like this in the future. Like, you have well, a really hot pay-per-view match like we saw on, uh, them replay on Friday. You air it. You know, on the next TV while it's still fresh, and it certainly would to me. That's that's what I'd be doing with Dynamite this week. And yeah. to my next question is, if you are going ahead with WrestleMania at the Performance Center, I mean, you, I, I don't believe that there's going to be a big curiosity factor come WrestleMania time. I think there will be some interest because it is still WrestleMania, but I would really limit the amount of matches that we're going to see uh, in this Performance Center before WrestleMania because that's really the you, once people have seen these matches, 
I don't think you have any of that for WrestleMania. And to <laughs> me, it's actually is going to turn me away from WrestleMania if I'm kind of even on the fence about this. I can see your point because once you actually do watch like these matches, they're they're really not that spectacular. Uh, but again, I do have a real weird curiosity to see like a big marquee match that was supposed to be in a big stadium, like something like you know John Cena, The Fiend, or Goldberg, um, Reigns, or Taker and AJ. Like it was super weird seeing the Undertaker come out later today, um, and I kind of I was fascinated by it and. Yeah, like it would it would just be really interesting for me. So I I mean I'll probably still watch anyway, but I I don't disagree with you. It it it's kind of a letdown once you actually see the match. Like what do you like okay, WrestleMania go like traditional WrestleMania stadium show, you figure Edge and Randy last man standing match easily going 2025. Like how much time do you even give that at in this setting? That's like, the other, I, yeah. I I would not want to be out there more than 10. I, I I agree with that too. You know, that, so here's the other thing that I, I noticed about the show is that all the entrances were, of course, a lot shorter. Number one, because the ramp is shorter. But secondly, because you know, typically a, a wrestler comes out and just spends a great deal of time posing and just doing the, thing, the whole thing to the audience. On this show, you don't have that, so entrances are far shorter, which means your show is going to be shorter because, or hopefully, because entrances take up a great deal of you know certainly a WrestleMania. Um, so how's that going to affect the length? I feel like the hope for, that everybody has is that if they do go ahead with this WrestleMania, I I can't see it being a seven hour show. That There's would be no a way. huge mistake. There's no way. Like I honestly believe, like it. I don't even know. Like three hours to me is kind of tops in, in this setting. Oh, and the half of this was taken up by the Rumble, so this was really just a two hour show, and even that felt long. Yeah, it's like I a one hour WrestleMania. Yeah, it's. Like, honestly, I would want to break up the matches, like incorporate the Hall of Fame into it, where in between a match, you do an induction speech or something like I think people will want a break from these empty matches. Like in how I many people watch can any- you fit in the arena, though, in the building? I mean, how many you should or how many they will? Yeah, because they should they I guess they should have anywhere from 10 to 50 max should be in this arena. Yeah. And I figure that that's. um that's going to be most of the people just on the card alone, minus production. Yeah, I, I don't know if Jushin Liger is going to make the trip to do his uh, induction speech at the Performance Center for this. That, was, that, was, that was barely even a news item today, uh, his announcement. That, that had to have been the shortest uh, announcement versus uh, no one even expected. Like, I, I don't think he could even – he can't. He can't even get into the country right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So number one was Brock Lesnar, uh, who's followed by a lot <laughs> – I was going to go through the rumble. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. So just like eight... cut out, cut out our review and just like copy and paste it here. I, I thought of that. We should just take our rumble <laughs> recap yeah. and insert it into the show. Uh, so the announcers come back after the rumble with the WrestleMania update that it's going to be at the PC and air on the network and on pay-per-view. And Lawler says that the grandest show of them all must go on. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'd love to know, um, like how refunds are being processed for those who have purchased tickets. Uh, Nothing was necessarily mentioned here in live, but I mean, uh, if you did purchase a ticket from the WWE, I, I or Ticketmaster, I'm kind of curious, you know, what what type of contact you've been having with them, um, because nothing yeah, really I, in the press release or here on TV 
either. Yeah, please, uh, anybody that is going through all of this stuff, um, if you want to send us any information uh, about you know your dealings with, with any companies or what the process is, I'm very curious to know. So if you want to contact us on the forum or John at postwrestling.com, uh, because there's uh, numerous, numerous examples of um, fans that are going to be going through this process over the next week of seeking out refunds or whatever these companies are doing to maybe entice you to not request a refund and offering things in lieu of a refund as well. It's going to be a massive headache for everybody. Month free on the WWE Network. The Undertaker comes out and he just destroys this table. Um, and then so, we got to... So, re- okay, so the Undertaker music hits... Like you associate the Undertaker with his entrance at this point, it's just like you know, big guy, like guy comes out in the trench coat, coat with the top, the top hat and everything, and then like I'm watching this like big jib shot of like the Undertaker's Titantron, and then this like bald man, like a silhouette of a bald man walks through. I'm like, oh man, has, is like a PA back there, like walking through the projector or something? No, it was the Undertaker in like a shower cap, walking out without a shirt. And he does not do the slow walk at all. He was just coming out here. I think the idea was that he was pissed off at uh, 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 AJ for talking about his wife. So he was coming out. But this was like more like American Badass Undertaker than like, you know, the character, the phenom, the, like the dead man Undertaker. It's Mark. He's Mark. He's tonight. Mark tonight. Yeah. He comes out. Very a, strange. Very strange. It was so bizarre. Like this, like the dead man character does not work inside the performance center. Um and maybe he realizes that and he's just his mark for this year's WrestleMania. But j- just imagine, like, this guy is being held together by mm. modern medicine and God knows what to just be able to get up to do a handful of matches a year. He's preparing for who knows how long he's known about that he's doing WrestleMania. And yeah. this is what he's working for coming up in, two, in three weeks. You know, yeah, I mean, it, 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 but, you know, shit, like, who would have predicted it's Like, this? listen, everyone's, who, who, who know, I know, I know, <laughs> like, everyone is just pretty much, hey, we're doing the show, everyone's on board, and that's, that's what, that's what's been decided, and we're doing the show until we're told it's not happening, and that's pretty much what is going on here, Um, but you have to imagine, just, just from a talent perspective, I mean, throw out you know the whatever your your payoffs and all that stuff i mean this is this is one of the big shows of the year and working in front of a big crowd and it's you know if you're a drew mcintyre or something it's like it, it's it's got to be a really deflating realization that you kind of have to now get yourself up for this and it's very hard i would say mentally to get up for this show in a couple of weeks I don't know. I, I do wonder about that. Um, I can see, you know, several people looking at this as like, you know, a bit of a, like a challenge, like a bit of a badge of honor. Like I can see people kind of, you know, buying into the fact that they're doing, they're providing entertainment for people at a time when they really need it. And, you know, soldiering on, as they say, for this company when the company really needs them. So I, I, I feel like for a number of the talent, they'll, they'll still really like, you know, wrestle and give their best as if this was a WrestleMania. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it's not the same, but I, I, I feel like that, you know, how people react to something like this will be different for everybody. Styles, music plays and 
It plays several times. Taker is just like pacing back and forth in the ring, waiting for him. And then Styles is on the screen with Gallows and Anderson with the contract. And Styles says that Undertaker is on the Mount Rushmore of superstars. He carried this company on his back. But it's 2020, and you're interjecting yourself. No one wants to see Michael Jordan interject himself into the NBA championship or Peyton Manning and Brett Favre into the Super Bowl. AJ blames Money Michelle and says that Undertaker, Mark, is a shell of his former self and he has no sympathy for him because he stuck he snuck his stuck his nose into his business twice at Super Showdown and Elimination Chamber and he's going to pay for Undertaker's assisted living costs and will do everyone a favor when he makes them rest in peace signs the contract and then has Anderson and Gallows take the contract to him after they initially declined the offer to take the contract yeah yeah so they did not do a in arena interaction between AJ and Taker on this show. No, um, they're keeping them separate till the match. I can understand that uh, line of thinking. So Anderson and Gallows come out, they slide the contract in, and then the lights go out. And this was just so crazy because it's just like, it's the guaranteed pop, like the lights going out and then they come on and takers right behind gallows and Anderson, but it's like the lights come on and it's silence. And then he attacks gallows and Anderson signs the contract and then stuffs it into Anderson's mouth and then walks up to the screen that has AJ on it and just stares at the screen. Yeah. That this was their face to face. Uh, this might've been like the shortest teleportation the undertaker's ever done. Probably like what, like a foot, like a foot, or well, twelve feet. It was minimal, yeah. Anyway, so uh, this was an incredibly awkward segment. You know, like like we had talked about earlier. I I thought the edge segment worked really well in this empty arena environment. This I don't think so. Uh, And again, their hands were tied. They just kind of needed to get through this. It probably might have been the best version of this that they could have done under the circumstances, I suppose. But I thought. In execution, I thought it really exposed The Undertaker. I think the mystique of him as sort of this, like, you know, mythical, like, dead man character, you didn't get that here. In fact, like, what you were kind of left with was, like, somebody who looked old and, you know, wasn't walking around the best. Um, We kind of get that in the matches anyway, but, like, at least you get the entrance and all that. But, again, I can't really fault and criticize all that much because, like, this was, of course, not under ideal circumstances. Um, But it was just very awkward. No, and it's like this This match, certainly for Undertaker, was going to be a challenge to begin with. And you've now just added so many unforeseen circumstances that make this match much tougher. I mean, you have to be really creative in how you lay out this match. And I would say just make it a very kind of violent brawl. Maybe you use some of like the submission stuff. I mean, you, you got to be very creative, I think, with this match in this particular setting. And I don't think it should be going very long either. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, uh, another thing I, I thought about while watching the show is just like them going through all these things. You know, surely all this stuff will be re edited to be incredible in their <laughs> video packages, dude. Like, once they put the music underneath it, they'll put all these special effects. They'll make it look like he teleported probably like, you know, like half, a, half the country away to get here. Um, 
the editing will make all of this. They'll clean it all up in post. And and that's how I look at this show in particular was them, again, farming footage for those excellent video packages. I'll do everyone a favor when I make you rest in peace. Oh, the big <laughs> yeah. gasp cut inserted the, into the package. Cut to the crowd shots. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so from the contract signing, they teed up SmackDown featuring a contract signing on Friday. About as much as they can do, right? I no, guess. No, I, I hope that that desk is okay. They better go repair it because they need it on Friday. Uh, that's right. Yeah. You know, I wonder how much of it is them wanting to like limit physicality in ring. Um, you know, not I really. Mean, they, the they didn't limit it with Anderson and Gallows. Are, are you talking about just like well, I mean, actual matches? Invisible? You know, people like sweating all over each other at a time when we're very sensitive about things like that. I don't know. Well, well, that's and listen, that's that's another question in all of this, because this past weekend, UFC, like in Brazil, like they did not test the fighters for the coronavirus ahead of time. Like, is are these guys being tested before these matches and as they're traveling, uh, coming in and out? I mean, that to me are you you could be tested, but like it might not matter by the time you get here. No, like that's it's another point. But I mean, when they arrive at the arena, are they testing them and and the turnaround time, I mean, it's it's not like you can just test someone and get a result in, I mean, it, Donald Trump said it took like 24 hours for, for the president of the United States to get the, get tested and get a result back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, another, another aspect to all of this. And to that point here, like as they're doing these, I mean, are we, if you're going to lean on a lot of non-physical segments, like can we kind of incorporate stuff that guys can send in promos or do things that restrict travel. Um, because let, let's be honest, like AJ had no need to be here tonight. This was something that, that could have been done li- literally on his phone. It, and yes, okay. We're going to sacrifice a little bit of quality for, you know, a much more to me, reasonable um, ask of your talent. Yeah, no doubt. Um I you know I don't know I'm not sure what's like. Do you think that they they would? I, I have... would think after this week, like I understand these are the first kind of shows you're doing, and maybe you have brought to. I, I would hope they realize okay, there there are people that don't physically need to be here that we can be creative. Guys can send in things and see. I feel that for most weeks when guys are just like you know I like often you have guys who travel who don't even aren't even a part of the show at all or any of the 24/7 people but they travel there regardless because i don't know if it's a sense of duty or just you know they're collecting a paycheck and they they feel like they need to do something like that um i i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure what's involved in that thinking they previewed smackdown contract signing with Reigns and Goldberg and Rob Gronkowski all right so advertising him for friday um and I, I guess the arenas, uh, they have a house show Thursday night in Mobile, Alabama, that the the uh, arena website has said that that show is off. And Friday, the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans has also said that that show is off, although I don't believe the WWE has officially announced that yet. But I, I think we're all expecting, like, the only shows the WWE will be producing are from the Performance Center. I think so, too. And, um, you know, we, we still get the, in Canada, the Scott Stanford live events and they're segments. still plugging house shows. They went yeah. from the, the Toronto show this week and now they're plugging the, the April shows in mm-hmm. Canada. Yeah. And then this had to have been a record 
at 10.15 p.m., we got our first match on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Live match. Live match. Andrade, Rey Mysterio, non-title with Asuka on commentary, who seemed to uh, get as much attention as Paul Levesque did on Friday for their commentary. Oh, Oh, no doubt. Uh, You know, this was really kind of interesting because, like, Asuka has obviously no part to play in this feud between Rey Mysterio and, and Andrade. Um, yet they they kind of fit, fit her into into this. Uh, I guess just as a way to kind of promote herself and her program with like uh, Nikki Bliss and Alexa Cross. Or, sorry, Alexa Cross and, and Nikki Bliss and whoever. But she certainly added to this. I think that was literally the only like other other than I think they really do like Asuka on on like her promos now. It's like she gets a promo every week, and they clearly see it as this is a. Uh, a positive uh, in this in this match it certainly was yeah so yeah the question was asked about the kabuki warriors facing alexa bliss and nikki cross and lawler would pretend to translate for oscar and that was the the comedy of this uh zelina vega grabbed ray from the apron and then he was met with a drop kick went through the commercial ray did his comeback and it was such a weird ray match because every ray match is it's designed around the exact same thing every time. It's the pop for the 619. And he got the, the 619 was thwarted with a discus elbow. And then he got out of the three amigos, head scissors, hits the 619 to silence, obviously, and frog splash for the win in 652. So Ray pins the United States champion, which I don't think anyone mentioned on commentary was uh, maybe Oscar did. And I just uh, couldn't translate it. Um, but Ray pinned the champion here. And I guess that's um, so he gets uh, direction for Mania. Yeah, I guess so. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, I like these guys wrestling. You know, like I've said in the past, I could take one match from these guys every single week on Raw. Uh, this just felt so inconsequential. And I mean, at WrestleMania, uh, in the Performance Center, do we need another one of these matches? Um, yeah, whatever. I guess why not? Fill out that card. Um. Asuka, I thought, really added to the match. She was as loud as this, as like an entire crowd might have been. She was like screeching on oh. commentary. It was very loud. So, did you like it or did you not like it? Mm, I, I, I couldn't I, take I, a whole episode of this. Obviously. Oh Jesus, dude! I, w- I was about to say I don't know. It, like a seven-minute match, even with a commercial, was kind of my my max of Asuka screaming on commentary, but. I I appreciated I, I enjoyed kind of the the novelty of Oscar on commentary. So it, it was just nice having some noise, I suppose, in the sure. arena. Maybe she should just be in the crowd. Could she be in the crowd? One person with like one a person, yeah, playing like Mick Maynard, who was literally doing that for the UFC show. He was just cheering from cage side all Saturday. As long as she's she's at least six feet away from the performers, I think it'd be fine. Think that that distance is being violated pretty frequently on this show. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm seeing like Tom and Byron and King talk to each other. I'm just counting the droplets coming out of Tom's mouth. I mean, we're watching matches, dude. Like we're watching people sweat on each other, dude. Spitting beer out of his mouth just everywhere. Yeah, they're not really following CDC guidelines. I don't think. Becky Lynch comes out and cuts a very serious promo. Hey, how did how did these promos in the ring compare to the promo segment on the FCW documentary? It felt like this one felt eerily similar. 
Like I was going to say. Like I was waiting for Dusty to like give notes at the end. I was waiting for Dusty to say cut. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, like Becky here, like this, I thought this was like a promo that felt like it was straight out of like an FCW promo class. You know, it was good. It was very confident. And I feel like she would be like, uh, Dusty would probably be like, you know, complimenting her for it. Um, But it wasn't like the type of like a, like an edge level promo. Like we saw in the beginning of this show that just like really like got to you. This was good. But it was like not the next level that I think, you know, I thought Edge hit on the, on, in the opening segment. She said that her mere existence drives Shayna Baszler crazy. She's been taught that she can bully her way to the top and did it on NXT. But now with Becky, she has to challenge the entire natural order of things and call Shayna an animal scumbag. And then I said that there was no reason AJ needed to be here. Cutting to the back to show Shayna Baszler on the monitor, um, which I would imagine they had they have this on like on tape somewhere from a previous episode. But that was Shayna's role tonight. Well, I mean, I think they probably could have gotten away with it if they didn't have these guys watching TV from a three quarter angle where you could see the TV. Just go in tight on Shayna. Just uh, eliminate the, the the perspective of the screen. I think we learned that, like, you know, from now on, all WWE backstage segments should be shot on a green screen. Um, so you could just, like, change the background in case a pandemic hits again. Like on Superstars in the early 90s. Everyone's exactly. got their logo on a green screen. Sure. She says she is the prey that killed its predator. And don't make the mistake that others did. And Becky said that every interview, every tweet, it's designed to make you think of her in a certain way. And she will prove that Shanna's entire life is a lie. And I'm going to hit you like a truck. Because you see, she is now driving a truck. Yes. yes. I thought they really were building to this, like, this, uh, this monster truck face-off by the end of it. Monster truck match, yeah. Well, I mean, we still have backlash, we think. I don't know. Their next one, I think, is Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah, backlash. Does that even, that doesn't exist anymore. I don't think so. I think the next pay-per-view is Money in the Bank. Which, which who be, knows, uh, right? Everything's up in the air. Charlie is with Kevin Owens backstage and was asked about the challenge Seth Rollins laid out. Owens takes the microphone. He accepts the challenge. And it will be here at the Performance Center because now I have the home advantage after Rollins has seemingly always had the advantage numbers-wise. Rollins never spent any time here at the Performance Center. This is where Owens went through the hardest experience of his career when he had his tryout. And he was told by countless people he wouldn't make it here. And Seth was one of those people who said, said that very thing to him before his tryout and even after he started. He said that he is going to add... One more memory to this place when he beats Seth Rollins in the same place where he earned his spot in WWE and he's going to do it at WrestleMania. I thought it a good promo from Owens and one that, uh, again, didn't really have to rely on an audience being there. This was, you know, um, your typical kind of backstage promo. And Owens, I thought, did a really good job here. Told a story that was based in reality and felt genuine. Especially helps if you've actually seen Seth Rollins in his, like, previous clips wasn't there a Kevin Owens DVD or something or some sort of like 24 special or something where like they have this footage of Rollins saying these words that he didn't think Owens was going to be a fit which I'm sure they'll again use for these video packages so 
Uh, this was another good promo that I'm sure they'll edit to be that much better even when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, with the oohs and ahs. Yeah. And then the final segment, out comes Steve Austin, and he goes to all four corners to pose. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And then I'm watching this, and as we were going in, like I knew this three-hour Raw was going to be really awkward at times. The one person I did not have one worry in the world about was Steve Austin making this entertaining whatever segment he is in in a goddamn empty performance center. Austin will will make this work. Mm-hmm. Well, he downs a bunch of beers, took a bump, and then he gets on the microphone and says, blew myself up on the entrance. And he declares 316 a national holiday. And he says, give me a hell yeah. And we cut to the empty seats. So it was a bit. Yes, this was a bit where I don't know if this was inspired by just making up his own Chuck Norris facts, but it was like this endless list of what the 316 national holiday means you can do and what it stands for. And then they decided that to have a punchline to every bit, every line, we'd have Byron rating the joke with cue cards. So he'd put up an eight or a six and Steve had to like play off of this and just had to consistently repeat tough crowd, tough crowd, tough crowd. It's like, this is the worst segment I've ever seen Steve Austin a part of. I agree. And and I've seen him with Jonathan Coachman. (laughs) <laughs> and that segment where, like, Vader, like, ran down the ramp and tripped over and fell down. Yeah, it's hard for me to think of a worse Stone Cold Steve Austin segment. And um, the moment this, I realized this was going to be, like, a comedy thing that was so reliant on, like, audience interaction that they, I, I know that they needed to heat, like, uh, heat the segment up to, to make you want to see Byron get the stunner. Oh. And that's what they were building to. but. Ah man, this just did not feel like the right type of moment for like something so staged and so pre-scripted and so gimmicky. When you have Steve Austin, who every week on his podcast is is able to just go out there and just like without any audience listening to him live, he's able to just talk for like an hour as himself. I think like a a rallying sort of like big, you know. Hey, we're going through a tough time, everybody, but we're here always to entertain you on WrestleMania, blah, 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 blah. Like, I wanted Steve Austin talking from the heart as Steve Austin. I did not want this, like, this felt like him, like, man, bombing in front of a quiet crowd at an open mic night. And that's not the image of Steve Austin I want to see. Byron would come into the ring at the end. You know where this is going. They have the beers, calls him a jackass. They drink. He stuns Byron. And then Becky comes in. Byron's dead in the ring. They drink beers together. Tom Phillips says, I hope we do this every year, not realizing that it'll be six years before 316 days on a Monday again. <laughs> but there's a second stunner to Byron. Just uh, listen, I I know that this is hardly a show where uh, you have to be uh, 
it's not a normal set of circumstances that we are grading this on, but this was just a brutal segment. Um, but creatively, because it's, creatively, it's Steve Austin, they, yeah. they just it just seemed like they had nothing planned. Like they, like the Austin, it just seemed like they had no great idea of what even to do with him beyond this. Creatively, they didn't have to go in this direction. If your elements, you know, here on this show is that you have Steve Austin who needs to fill ten minutes of TV time, or even what is this, like five minutes? Okay, 10 minutes, whatever. He, You have Stone Cold Steve Austin on live TV, fill 10 minutes. I would not have chosen this direction, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I know they were probably very self-conscious of, like, the, the empty arena, and therefore they needed to call attention to it, I suppose, with the, the cutaways and the whole Byron thing. The Byron thing was just a terrible idea. The jokes were bad. And Steve Austin is just not the type of comedy character I would... I would I would put in this situation. Could, could you imagine? I mean, I, I'm not saying that necessarily. I, I guarantee you it would have been a million times better, though, is that if you had utilized Kevin Owens with Austin, something that sets up the match because you, you are going that direction with Kevin. And could you imagine Austin and Owens just improvising together, making fun of Byron in the ring, just back and forth and then two stunners to Byron, and that's how you end it. I guarantee you, those sure. two just improvising together, I would not have m- much concern about mm-hmm. that working because Owens is as quick as anybody on his feet, and I think Steve is too, and this felt like it was just a really poorly written comedy segment with your biggest superstar that you've ever had and yeah. just came off like a very bad segment, but that that was it. I mean... Um. Yeah. Listen, th- this is not ideal. This uh, th- this setup. No, it worked for some and worked for others. Or it did not work for others. You know, they got through another week. They got through another episode. Uh, I'm sure USA is very happy. Um, they uh, the circumstances of even putting a show together, boy, with the crew, with the travel, and with uh, the the roster and everybody that's involved, I'm sure was just incredible, an incredible feat in it in and of itself. The fact that we got a show. Um. I still feel like, you know, creative criticisms, I think, are still fair in, in a situation like this. But, yeah, this was this was a really interesting show. And maybe we'll continue to see, you know, what changes they might make as they learn how to properly or how to most effectively do shows in these empty arena settings. Yeah. And and conversely, how AEW produces a show, having seen WWE have two attempts at it already. Right. And, and another – well, we'll get to see the contrast on Wednesday with, with two shows in this format. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's head on over to the forum, forum.postwrestling.com. On a scale of 1 to 10, I think this is going to get a pass, but we will see by how much. It didn't. Never mind. 4.44. All right. Paul from New Jersey. I was going to make an attempt to be funny in this feedback, but with the announcement of Mania still going on, even if from the Performance Center and the show itself, put me in a very sour mood. I turn the show off. Send these performers home. Let them be with their families. The show must go on attitude feels less like a badge of honor and more like douchebaggery. Have a WrestleMania clip show and move the event itself later in the year. I defend this company a lot, but this just seems too disgusting for me. Show company gets a one this time. Stay safe, guys. MJ says, I'll tell you this much. They made Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin look lame as fuck. A few things. This is an amazing opportunity for WWE to change their format and get creative with presenting content. 
They seem hell-bent on not doing that, and Friday and tonight were embarrassing excuses for TV shows. That brings me to AEW, who has shown that they can package together unique shows not rooted in a stale three-decade format. My prediction is that whoever comes out of next week of the next few weeks with the more interesting way to present wrestling characters and story are going to not just win the current ratings war, but be the dry, be in the driver's seat for the wrestling viewer going forward, regardless of night. WWE has officially devalued their network beyond pale. They aren't even trying to drive subscribers, just giving away marquee matches from the last few weeks, big shows. What a strategy for the content library, but I think it's because WWE has its back against the wall to produce and deliver original content. If they don't, those networks won't have to pay. We know the WWE get paid per episode delivered. Uh, yep. If they have to stop running shows that meet the obligation to the networks, they're out of revenue streams right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't, don't think them putting the Rumble on TV hurts future subscribers. There's something, when it comes to like live sports, the moment it's no longer live, it's it it expires very very quickly at least to me i have very little incentive to subscribe to the network you know 2 weeks after the royal rumble just cuz i want to see the replay um all the value is in the anticipation and the, the live experience itself so i think the rumble was i don't think it devalues the network really at all by doing this yeah and, it, and it's going to be I, I don't specifically look at the wwe network but it's it you can throw it in that conversation is that if we are looking at a prolonged period of people that are are not at work if they are you know seeking things i mean what impact is that going to have on home entertainment what effect will that have on netflix we've already seen that uh, several films that were supposed to be theatrical releases they are going to be made available to purchase um at, at your home like they to me uh, there are certainly going to be people that are i i guess worried about their finances in all of this, but there is still that demand for entertainment when there aren't a whole lot of options out there that the uh, supply side of the economy, it's very restricted at the moment. So if you are uh, an an outlet out there, is that going to, I'll tell you this week, uh, I I ended up getting Disney plus this week because uh, my child, a ton of free time. Yeah. You have to babysit too. So absolutely. I understand. You know, I, I I feel like there's there's going to be certainly a bit of a boom of uh, all of these social social media things like or, or uh, over the top services. But, you know, with the caveat that people are going to be flocking to the ones that are um, the, the that offer the most. So that'll be Netflix. That'll be Disney Plus. That, that might even be ESPN Plus or whatever. I, you know, because people are spending more money and because there's so much content to get in all these separate places, I could see people maybe paying less attention to, you know, certain services that they aren't using and maybe reassessing if I'm going to get Disney plus, uh, I'm still paying $10 for the WWE network. And I only use that once a month. If that, can I cut that in order to afford this other thing? I could see people making those choices. I see- and that, yeah, sorry. And that was the trend we were definitely seeing. I feel of people that were kind of making those decisions, but what have we been saying forever is that the one thing people cannot uh, effect is their free time. And now free time is suddenly you've got a lot more of it. And, mm-hmm. and you, therefore you have the ability to make more decisions. And I mean, I, I'm not saying like something like the WWE network is going to jump up in subscribers, but among wrestling fans that maybe are not subscribing to the network uh, that weekend, 
It's you're not traveling to go to the collective shows. You're not traveling to go to Tampa for non WWE events. Uh, maybe you're going to sign up and watch WrestleMania that weekend. Maybe that is going to be um, something that they see. Um, my prediction it, is is yes. Like my prediction is that if you're a wrestling fan who you know WrestleMania comes around and you might have typically you know regarded it as a big thing. Well, there are no other shows that are being presented now. There's almost zero other competition. If you want your wrestling fix on WrestleMania weekend, your one show that you're going to be able to watch that weekend is WrestleMania. And I can see people jumping back in the network for that reason. My, my final point, I just don't want to forget this one, is that every so often, we'll always get the question about the idea of WWE doing an offseason. I am officially putting that, I, that talking point, that idea, that notion. You are never, ever going to see this company do an off season. If not now, like <laughs> no, that certainly. is just abs. They absolutely refuse that. They will never ever have an off season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an off season. No, I don't see it happening. Like that's been discussed for years. That's always a theory. That's, that's always thrown out there and people making arguments for it and give the talent a break, like not a chance that that is ever, ever happening. I feel like you, I, I think a, a, a you know a real conversation is like cycling people out so that you force off season per like per talent you know maybe you have two different leagues even and and one of them takes an off season but I don't see a period where WWE will just shut down operations and not produce new content for like and, a period of several months and, and let's be fair here I mean this goes back to the the first piece of feedback we got here I mean there are also performers that. They don't want to be cycled off. And I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a lot of talent that, like, as I said, like, at, at SmackDown, as it was conveyed to me, was that, hey, if you don't want to be here, there's no repercussions. And I, I, I'm i sure that there's a lot of – I'm sure that there's talent that is uncomfortable. But I'm sure there's also talent that they they don't want to be sitting at home as well. You're, you're going to have that mix. I see that mix among the you know, people I know that – want to be out and want to be working and want to be doing things right now. Like that is, that's ingrained in, in who we are. Like your job does somewhat dictate your lifestyle. And that's something it's a pattern that we're just used to. Well, we're going through a period now where, I mean, a lot of people are losing their work and who knows, like, you know, what financial situation some of these performer spouses might be in. I don't know, but um, like we talked about, I think on the show on, on Sunday, perhaps maintaining a stable position for some of these people is more important now than ever. And, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe that might play a part in, in incentivizing people to, to attend these tapings. Uh, which one was that? Um, let's that go to MJ. Jo- Okay. Joe from Niagara. Uh, we're going to just zip through some of these here. I'm sure everyone is thinking the same thing, but man, this whole performing in front of no audience is just weird. I can only imagine watching a seven hour WrestleMania in this environment and how it's going to feel. I think that, that there has to be at least three people on commentary during the show at all times, if not more strictly because when they stop talking and the show is silent, it is so awkward to watch. Not sure if undertaker has been watching the news, but I'm pretty sure sticking his fingers down another person's throat is highly frowned upon. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, I hope the CDC wasn't watching this show because there were plenty of infringements. We, we joke, but this is going to be a new way that we watch wrestling for the foreseeable future is things that you wouldn't ever, like that we were saying on Sunday, that you just wouldn't think twice about um, that are, are certainly going to be looked up on differently now. Will this be the end of Mist in wrestling? It Green should Mist. be. It should be. I, I think I think you could assess, reassess 
a lot of things um, that that we have in, in wrestling. Really, I think Austin should have come out and instead of beer, he should have poured hand sanitizer all over himself. Could have been. Uh, let, let's go to you. Oh, okay, we got uh, the wolf who says, I think the Performance Center show attempt has run its course. It's not worth watching for an hour, let alone two or three. That's the whole line. Jake from the Windy City. Tonight's episode of Raw was far from perfect, but I felt the company did their best to produce something entertaining and also add some build to WrestleMania, but I'm in the minority. The Edge interview was great. Airing the Rumble not only filled time time well, but also adds to the build for Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, and allows everyone to see Drew's big win. Kevin Owens cut a good promo. Andrade versus Rey Mysterio was pretty good and sets up a rematch, while the Becky-Taker segments were designed to build Mania matches as well. Austin segment, I'll say, did not work well. The 316 day, day jokes were pretty rough, and obviously it didn't help that Austin didn't have a live crowd to play off of. I think it's dumb that they made him read off cue cards. All things considered, Austin and Lynch having a beer bash was good fun. And got to give Byron credit, giving a rock-style sell on the stunner. We go to Alex from Portland, who says, What an odd show. Feel terrible for Edge. Part of the story is him coming back from injury and finishing his career on his terms. Nope, coronavirus caused him to have to cut a promo in front of nobody. If we could hold this feud in in abeyance until the match could take place in front of a crowd, I wouldn't be mad at all. I mean, you know, you heard our review. I actually thought the the lack of crowd didn't really hurt. In fact, I thought it kind of enhanced the mood of Edge's promo, but it could be different. Edge's promo was fine on this show. I I thought it was one of the better points of the show. He has a question. He says, there were rumors going to Mania that we'd get a TLC match, a Hell in a Cell, possibly a ladder match. If Mania is happening at the PC in front of a crowd of zero, do you think the matches like this are possible to happen? Um, I, I, I don't know what pro... Like, really, the, the one that would have been building towards, like, the big kind of stipulation match would have been Gargano and Ciampa, wouldn't you think? Yeah, right. Are they still doing that show? They they haven't announced whether or not they'll be doing takeover. I mean, they, they haven't made a clear um, in, indication either way, other than they're not happening in Tampa. So, um, yeah, maybe you could do um, kind of a truncated version of takeover in the Performance Center. Hall of Fame would not be all that difficult to still do something. Um, it's it, the problem would be getting certain people just travel wise. Like I don't I don't think bringing Liger is an option at this point. Um, See, the Hall of Fame is a perfect show that I think you could say for a special edition of Raw or SmackDown. Like, they're so video package heavy anyway. Maybe that's the night after WrestleMania. That should be Raw, the night after. Well, we know they like to, like, shoot angles, you know? For what? I don't know. I don't know. But they have all the talent there. You know, I, I know. But who knows this year? Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is that. But it's also something they could say for the week after when surely they'll be needing content. You don't even have to shoot at the... Every week we'll do a new Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> you kid, we might get to that point where we'll have to just drag this shit out, you know? Okay, they're like, we are re-inducting Hillbilly Jim, who is going to take up half a Raw. <laughs> and this year, there are no time limits. Go as No long time as limits, <laughs> okay? Everyone's going Broadway. We're, we're inducting Ric Flair every week. <laughs> I would watch it. Absolutely, I would. Hey, another question in all of this is... Do you think that with all of these networks that are starved, does a network like Fox or someone make a big play for WrestleMania? Very interesting question. I mean, do you feel like it's too late for that, though? Four weeks out. To do what? To just... To sell sell WrestleMania. 
I, I would imagine like it's, I mean, it's, we're, we're talking about three weeks. It, it's close, but yeah, it's, it's desperate times. Like these networks are just, they are starving for content right now. And here, uh, <laughs> the company you're in bed with in WWE is producing one of the few events that it's, it's pretty much down to WWE at this point with UFC out of the game that I, I could see like ESPN. What, what are their, what is their programming going to be looking like other than 30 for 30s and like I'm dude they're playing uh, on Sportsnet tonight when I'm logging into uh on Sportsnet now to watch Raw on the main feed they're they're airing like a Leafs game from a year ago no oh, man yeah like they're just trying to find anything to to fill time at the moment that uh, WrestleMania um so, who knows? so the other thing is like I think with thing with things as sort of volatile as they are can they make that promise that they'll, there will be a WrestleMania as much as they might want one, you know, come April 5th? I, I, I don't think you could make that guarantee. I think that there's still, like, look, just imagine on, like, several days ago, the idea of doing these empty arena shows, like, I, I, I didn't look at them with the same kind of hesitancy that I do now. And, I mean, just because so much has changed. And this may be all a moot point, uh, 48 hours from now where maybe we're looking at travel bans where no one can get on an airplane and this talent will be, you know, everyone is going to be told to stay in their homes like that. That is not an alarmist um, projection that people are going to be told to to stay home. I mean, look at, you know, some of the restrictions that we're seeing in various places like all around the world, but also in the U.S. now as well. It's mm-hmm. It's it's hardly a guarantee that WWE saying, "Hey, we're going ahead with this." Those decisions could be taken away from them at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. So much can change. Um, should we go to Adam? Uh, is this me? I think so. Yeah. Adam writes, "Why not just put on that interview with Austin and Bret Hart for the whole show and let Edge send in a selfie video? An eleven-hour journey is ridiculous. 17, Can't imagine actually. seventeen. Uh, that segment is the end of the sh- at the end of the show. Reminded me of when I was ten and I would play Austin's music and strike his poses in my basement. Except after watching that, I'm gonna go take a bath in Purell. That was weird and gross. Mania in July sounds like a much better option than whatever they're planning right now." I, I had the same reaction to like thought the the beer spitting and everything you know it yeah it did, it it did feel a bit strange, um, could they have aired Austin and Brett for the whole show? Um, I don't think so. I would have gone with the Rumble. Yeah, I think the Rumble would have kept people more engaged. Like I I think Raw is actually going to do a pretty good number t- tomorrow. Just with with all the the lack of alternatives and putting the Rumble on TV. I I think. The number, I think, I, I think we're going to see something similar like SmackDown, where SmackDown was up on Friday, and I think that Raw will probably be e- either in its normal range or or slightly above. So the other another question: What do you think they air next week to fill out an hour if they're if they're in need? I think I think you could lean on the women's the wi- rumble. The women's rumble is is an option that you <laughs> could put in there as well. Um, that I think. I, for, for a Rumble match, it works better on Raw versus SmackDown, where that's pretty much the whole show. So mm-hmm. maybe they put the women's Rumble in. You could you could re-air matches from last year's WrestleMania. Like maybe that's yeah that's that's the big portion of your go home show. Here's what you won't see this year. Well, here's, yeah, here's the atmosphere you won't have this year. I mean, that's it, it is a point. 
Um, I mean, no, but they're like, you know, their hands are tied. Like it's, it's listen, everybody, no one is trying to pull the wool over people's eyes and say that this is going to be, um, at, at the level of what you associate WrestleMania with. It is going to be like the Super Bowl in front of nobody. It's Some, something I really hope that they're able to do today. I don't know if this was even in consideration, but I really hope a lot of guys are pre-taping their sh- stuff so they don't have to travel next week. You know, whether it be a sit-down interview or, so- or a promo with, with yes. Charlie in the back. Like, yes. There's no need for some of these guys to make that giant trip. Edge, even. Please, don't. Like, please, if if you're still in the arena, if you're still in the area, please shoot whatever you need to shoot right now so you can go back home and not have to make a 17-hour drive again next week. That's that's just silly and, and very, like, you know, I know gas is cheap, but still. Actually, an- another point, and this was um when uh, 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 Alex was on with, uh, with Dave and uh, Garrett on the weekend, which is a very good interview if you want to check on the Wrestling Observer site. He brought up a point that I never even thought of either was the idea that, you know, you have several examples of, AEW and WWE talent that are together and that if you were if one end were to have some case I mean that would probably affect both locker rooms so are we talking about like Brit and Brit and Adam Cole Cedric Alexander and Big Swole Peyton um, Royce Peyton Royce and Sean Spears um Okay. I don't know if there's others. I mean, obviously, the the odds are extremely low of that happening, but I mean. Like, like that's interpromotional relationships are banned until further notice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, but, I mean, like, it, you know it what I mean? It's one, just, it takes just, one positive for, for the whole industry to be completely rocked. Like we've seen with, with basketball. So, yeah. and, and even, even forget like the extraordinary case of, you know, something like that happening with both locker rooms. But again, it, it's one person in the WWE locker room that's at these shows. And then suddenly all those other people, including production and the key people that are putting these shows together, like that's it's game over at that point. And then we've got nothing. And I think that's it, it's a point in all of this that I think everyone needs to stress is that I see like some people that. Their defense mechanism is, I'm young, I'm healthy, this isn't going to affect me. It's like, it's not always about you. I'll it's tell you who's not young. Your the parents. paying for all this. And Vince McMahon, okay? Uh, yes, and our, our parents as well. But, I mean, there are seniors working in, that, in this company itself. The Undertaker is 54 years old, okay? He's not like... Dude, he's not, he's not a, somebody who, who might be able to get by this completely scot-free either. Well, well that's it. It's like, it's just... You contract this. It's like who knows who could get it from you. That that might not have all of the. Uh, and listen, I, I don't think like enough is known. I'm not going to sit here and and try and uh, you know provide expert advice here. This is all uh, you know just what what you see people discussing and, and whatnot. But there's there's just so much risk at, at at a time when I don't think we have our our head fully wrapped around all of this either. That it's. It's unnecessary risk that you would want to be avoiding at all cost at, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to uh, Joseph. Jo- Joey oh, yeah. from Geelong, Australia says, hey, guys, I'm sorry, but other than the first 15 minutes, the rest of the show was skippable. And I know they are in a tough position. However, it was painful to watch today. They made Steve Austin, one of the greatest talkers ever, read off a of cue cards. Are you serious? Thank goodness for Edge bringing his A game because otherwise this would have been a zero out of 10 show. 
Chris from Pennsylvania, I don't want to be overly critical because these performers are trying to make the best of a terrible situation. That said, there's no reason for anyone not recording a podcast to watch these shows live. Tonight was about 30 minutes of solid content stretched across three hours. Edge's promo is great. Becky's was good, and Oscar was awesome on commentary. And this year's Men's Rumble is still great, but I didn't necessarily need to see it tonight. I don't know about you, Way. I I enjoyed having half the show as, like, intermission. Dude, I loved it. I loved it. I wish every episode was like this. It was like, this this became a two-hour Raw. Like, it was like my dream come true. I mean, under terrible circumstances, but, yeah. (laughs) It was great. I I fit that FCW documentary in. Anyway... Um, we should we should chat about that later this week. Sure. I watched it too, but uh, I don't have the strength to do a whole review tonight. Yes, yes, let's do it. Um, but yeah, I was also going to say like certainly like by airing the rumble, uh, I, I imagine they you know they were kind of kind of forced first of all, but secondly they they probably assumed that it was going to be alienating some of the people that had already seen it. Mm. However, I'm I'm curious to know like. If it had any effect on on the rating itself, whether or not it might have attracted people who don't typically subscribe to the network, I think it's a great match for TV. It's you know it's so fast paced. It's, it's got everyone. Star power. Everyone knows the concept. It's got star power. It's in a big stadium setting. Um, you know, for some people that maybe didn't see it or just heard about Edge's return, getting to see that pop. And if you noticed, they did have the spear in this version of the Rumble. Oh, the there would have been hell to pay if they, after two months, didn't edit that back in there. Yeah, yeah. so I, I no, I thought it was a great idea putting the rumble in there. It would have been, um, I, I think they should continue putting tape uh, content into their shows because I, I don't want to see full episodes in this setting. Mm-hmm. Tanise, what a weird show. Had its moments like Edge's promo and Asuka's commentary, but it was still weird. Vince should be ashamed of himself still trying to do Mania. I mean, really, he can take the hit. He's not like these indie promoters who spend large amounts of money waiting to get the word so they won't go out of business. That's that's an aspect I'm really curious about is like how much money he actually stands to gain from running this show versus postponing it. You know, um, I know Brandon Howard has been like releasing some really interesting um mm-hmm. Uh, mathematical uh, equations and 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 analyses about how much the show is costing the WWE, how much they might stand to make. So uh, follow his account at WrestleNomics if, for continued, I think, uh, research uh, as far as that goes. But yeah, we might have to bother Brandon soon. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, I guess we don't know exactly how much of a refund, if any, they they might be getting from you know not running these events from the cancellations. Um, production costs are certainly going to be lower at the, at the performance center. They're going to be losing out on merch. They're going to be losing out on the gates, of, of course. But but you know, not just for for WrestleMania, uh, not for not just for WrestleMania, but for all four of their shows. Um, so how how do all these numbers uh, you know take place? And by the end of it, is Vince McMahon really making that much money from doing this? Like, what is the incentive? Because it can't. It certainly can't be to drive network numbers at this point. Do you think? No, not at all. I mean, that's that that's not a increasing metric for the for their business. Like the WWE Network has been, I mean, last year's Mania number on, on the network it was lower than 2018. Like that was the peak. It was WrestleMania 34 in 2018 for the network. And last year, even with Ronda and the promotion for last year's show, like they. I believe the number was like right at 2 million. That was all in like your free subscribers, your paid subscribers, but it didn't hit uh, the number previous. And that was the first year that they didn't see uh, growth for mania as well. And I, I would say like all things being equal, I wouldn't have expected this year's uh, network number to 
hit last year's. Like I think that the network overall, it's 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 declined, and I don't think this is going unless there is some uh, unbelievable amount of publicity that WWE running this show um, captures a lot of attention and is one of the rare events that's occurring that people are are going to seek this out. But I I I don't know how much this is going to really affect the the overall network number. Do you do you believe whether or not a WrestleMania was held this year would have any significant impact on the stock price? Uh well, well the stock has just been uh destroyed over the the last few days. They're down to like $30 or so. A I lot mean of they stocks were have, have been Yeah, I yeah. mean every the entire market is in disarray. Um like they've dropped about $12 since last Tuesday to just put the WWE's perspective into all of this. Um I I feel that if they had announced a big streaming deal for WrestleMania, I think that would have impacted the stock. But without a streaming deal, I, I don't think that you would have seen much bounce back for the for the stock of what it was trading pre um pre crash that we've we've seen over the last couple of days. So the idea that he would be putting this on in order to somehow I think maybe save you know the the current stock price and also their quarterly. Is that even a significant reason? Do you think? Or- we'll, we'll, we'll look at it this way: is you know, for I mean, their, their next quarter is going to be greatly, greatly hurt by all of this. Um, when you're looking at, I mean, they have the TV money. The TV money is their godsend. That's that the is, thing yeah. is going to be. They're going to be bulletproof from all of this. And but you they know, still have I, to do TV shows. They they still have to produce content at this time. And 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 really, we don't know that answer. Like this is a completely. No one could have predicted this. And when you sit down, like these contracts is like, would would Fox be okay with putting WrestleMania on one week? And does that um, is that considered, or do we have to present two hours live new content every week? That would be a question. But clearly not could, this week. I mean, t- no two hours that were I guess technically live, but they mm-hmm. certainly got away with a whole hour that was taped. And I don't think the networks would be complaining too much about that. But look at what you are doing in the short term is that we are we are cashing in our WrestleMania show on this Sunday in front of no people where it'll be on the network versus we wait. We do our 15 million dollar gate, but it's deferred into quarter two or quarter three. And on top of that, like what a what an enormous amount of positive press you would have by bringing WrestleMania to Tampa when the city really needs it later this year and what that would do. I mean, it would be great for all these wrestling companies that could postpone to and piggyback off of WrestleMania. They're not going to have that option if WrestleMania is being done in this format. WWE wouldn't care about that. They don't care about that. But I do feel that them not being able to contribute that economic impact because that makes them look great that here in these troubled times, Mm -hmm. we are bringing all of this revenue to this city and and helping the economy recover with a a noted gigantic brand in WrestleMania. Counter argument though is that we don't know that there'll be an opportunity in the in, in this year in the near future because who knows when this thing will settle. It, and you know, things like a WrestleMania will take a long time to book. Uh travel arrangements will take a long time to book. It's not a guarantee that you'll be able to have this opportunity to get these people uh to even like do a wrestling show with this cast at all. And, th- you know, not to mention like the TV story that you'll have to wait and put on hold just so you can get to those matches at a later time. I don't think they intend to do. I think that they're one of their main things right now that they're focused on is, is creating weekly episodic television because that that is, you know, the uh, a huge revenue generator for them. 
And to suspend your storylines for a future WrestleMania means you'll, what are you going to do with the rest of your TV time? Do you simply, which is what they, it, se- it's, it seems like they're doing right now, get through WrestleMania, get through the matches so that you can, if you're going to continue doing storylines, move on to new storylines with new characters. And then in the summer, whenever this thing can, can you know, settle down, if the opportunity presents itself, then you can promote another big event. They can promote a big event like, you know, Wrestle, WrestleMania, uh, the greatest WrestleMania, whatever. They can just make up some bullshit event. At and any they could. They and I think that there will be a demand for a huge show um, that fans will, again, you, you can't predict what the attitudes and the overall temperament of the country is going to be when we're back to doing these things. Like, we didn't even talk about off the top today that, um, you know, it, it was thrown out today, the idea that this this could, you know, we're looking at, you know, this could be July, August. Like, Major League Baseball has, like, pushed off the, their season. Uh, you know, the new uh, recommendation by the CDC was eight weeks and... And that could be a conservative estimate. Like this is a vaccine is, might not arrive for up to a year to like eighteen months, if that, right? So yeah, who knows? Who knows yeah, what like, will happen? Like when you see other places that are postponing events and giving you new dates, like this, the, the this is postponed until mid May. This is postponed till June. It's like this is all best case. The the biggest optimism is you know nobody knows, nobody knows. So mm-hmm. it's just. To even throw out that we'll be back and doing this show on on this date, you have no idea. There may not be a Major League Baseball season period this year. There may not be an NBA season. There may not be a conclusion to the the NHL season. It's and, and these again, are all things that are so low on the on the list of like concerns that are like currently affecting the world right now. But uh, of course, but know. I'm talking like the enormity. We're talking about these gigantic, these mega enormous yeah. leagues like that to me that's what speaks to people it, it took the nba being canceled i think for everyone to suddenly realize this is a real problem and for wrestling i think honestly i think wrestling fans by and large i think had the heads up on how significant this was because we were ahead of this seeing what was happening in japan and how the, the events that were being canceled there and what a big deal it was in that part of the world and, and that really started to take form late January, and then we saw the the cancellation start about a month ago with New Japan. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, um, it, it, wrestling is a very global scene, and I think we still look look towards you know Asia to see what the future might be. You know, over here, uh, seeing how they're recovering, and you know whether whether or not um, sporting events will will begin to take place again over there. Uh, we continue to. It's such an interesting thing because we kind of were able to see like, you know, um, like a snapshot of like our past and what our uh, maybe future might even be, you know, by looking at what's already happened elsewhere in the world. You know, but also, like I said, if they do go ahead with like doing a WrestleMania on the network, I can see them using much like that. They much like them using Royal Rumble on this edition of Raw. I can see them using those matches on an edition of Raw. You know what I mean? Just to, again push those TV shows out so that you have three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of SmackDown available for the networks in the coming months. Sure. Let's do one more. All right, we go to uh, B Detroit who says, wow, just wow. I remember being seven years old, living in the Joe, seeing Stone Cold jump off of that Zamboni. I remember it was so many signs I could barely see. And that pop is still the loudest I've ever heard live. And just to see this man do this entire entrance in an NTPC was so cringe. But A for effort, I guess. 
besides the Edge promo and a Ray versus Andrade, all the live segments were pure comedy. Four out of ten, Brian. Byron, hell yes. Oh, there was one more here. Chris from Down Under. Let's just go to his questions here. Um, oh, he mentions uh, Melbourne City Wrestling canceled their show for this weekend. Pro Wrestling Australia is now running an empty arena event with streaming. He asks, is WWE NXT UK TakeOver Dublin set for April 26th now also in question? of conti- I, I would be shocked if that event happens April 26th. I would, I would imagine that that one, um, at least not in Dublin. Um, I could certainly see less incentive for, you know, like the hassle of gathering everybody around just to do like a network special. You know, it's it's not for broadcast. It's like, yeah, like all the flights and everything. Yeah, I mean, listen, if UFC could have gone ahead with this show in England, I, I think that they would have. Um, Cage Warriors still has a show scheduled for Friday uh, in London. Um, but again, it's like they are... They they are European based, like they're right there, and all, all the fighters are are local as well. So, um, yeah, this, I, I would say this, this takeover is a month away, more than a month away. Yeah, I would I would be I'd be very surprised if that event was was going forward, just where everything is. And how do you expect AEW to handle the situation going forward? If I was them, I would try to bulk tape Wednesday and splice in some best of dark onto the Dynamite show, vice versa for dark. Um, I would not even worry about producing AEW Dark during this time. I yeah. would I would hope that they just shoot as much as they can Wednesday. I would heavily lean on the Revolution pay-per-view. I would 100% put that tag match on uh that I think a lot of people would want to see. Um and Definitely. I mean they don't they don't have the library WWE has, but, but I but I, it's still I would fresh. Be- like all these matches I've been you're, you're sorry to cut you off, John. Um I I I apologize. No, um, it's fine. I just, you know, like, it's still a fresh company, and I think you're still talking about a lot of fans that are just discovering, especially especially now, when you when when you have wrestling, like, sports fans that are without sports that might be looking for any type of thing that might be interested in this new wrestling company that people have been talking about on Wednesdays that they haven't had time to watch, but now they do. Because, you know, like, they can go back to not just, you know, um, uh, uh, Revolution, but, like, go all the way back to... Uh, full gear go all the way back to like you know double or nothing from last year all those mm-hmm. matches i i would consider still to be fresh and you know you get into another argument where is it better to have half your roster by pre- presenting your 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 uh product in a half kind of you know 50 percent form in an empty arena or do you want to show you yourselves at your best over the past year in front of the hottest crowds with your best matches yeah i think and that I would certainly apply that same question to, to WrestleMania. Like, does this somewhat devalue WrestleMania or does everyone understand the circumstances it, it is? Uh, even though I don't think people are going to be watching this show um, like this almost will not. I, I don't think people are even going to look at this as kind of WrestleMania. It's going to be like this asterisk next to it, like this weird mm-hmm. show that, you know, it was like a WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> that could be it. Yes. So uh, that is it. That is all of the feedback. Uh, we are going to be back on a Tuesday night. We are doing a Rewind Away, and it is Jared Black, who is our espresso executive producer, who has chosen several matches from the career of Jay Lethal from TNA and Ring of Honor uh, during, his, uh, during his runs uh, in those companies, uh, as we will be going through matches against Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, Tetsuya Naito, a tag match with Nakamura against Red Dragon. So that is going to be coming up. And of course, 
his promo with Ric Flair from the Impact Zone in 2010. So that's going to be on the Post Wrestling Cafe Tuesday night. And then all of our shows for the rest of the week are as scheduled. We've got Wednesday night. We have Rewinded Dynamite. And up next, Thursday is the Cafe Hangout. Uh, I haven't spoken to Way yet. Uh, that will be, at least for me, what, my one tentative uh, this week. Uh, there are many, many things I'm trying to juggle on, on this no end. No problem. So, um, we, we are, I, I feel that we will have a show out that day. Um, what form the hangout will be in, uh, well, Wayne, I will figure that out. Friday, we've got Rewind to SmackDown, providing there's a SmackDown. And then Saturday, Rocky Maya be a picture show with the reunion of Nate Milton and Brian Mann. They're doing a, a double review. They're going to be doing the other guys and pain and gain. Sunday, it's Thunderstruck with uh, WH Park and Sunday night. Post Pro Res, myself and WH Park. It's going to be WH Park Day, which is way more of a national holiday than 316 Day. And I, I guarantee you that <laughs> if uh, if I have to leave WH with some cue cards for 10 minutes, let me fucking tell you, okay, <laughs> this fucking thing is not going to be like 316 Day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I look forward to all that. And also, uh, on, on that note, Thunderstruck was just released yesterday. Uh, with WH Park, along with Jojo Remy, talking about Jushin Lager versus Shinjiro Otani. If you're looking for things to watch at this time, this would be a perfect time to go back through WH Park's Thunderstruck archive and going through all 21 episodes. All the matches are linked if you have WWE Network and also uh, New Japan World accounts, or if uh, a lot of these matches are actually just up on, on like Daily Motion because they're not found on either of those services. But you can go to the podcast section of postwrestling.com and then scroll to Thunderstruck and then watch these matches, their short watches, and then listen to these podcasts. We're nearing the end of Thunderstruck's run, so now is a great time to watch all these wonderful lager matches from a uh, 30-year-long career. It's a perfect uh, companion series for all of these uh, lager matches. Uh, we also have an interview up on the site that Andrew Thompson conducted with O'Shea Edwards, and uh, we're going to have another interview up on the site on uh, Tuesday that you can look forward to. Uh, lots of content on the site. I mean, we are going to be doing actually more than usual uh, coming up, so we hope you uh, check out all of that great stuff, and that's about it. I think we are going to say goodbye, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Bye-bye.